Hello and welcome to the Can't Blue Podcast post-match reaction. It's 20 to midnight on Thursday. I'm back again with Matt Kendrick for a post-European football night chat. Uh, Matt, thank you for joining me at this late hour. How are you? Have you warmed up yet? I'm all right. I've just dashed through the door, so I've still got my hoodie on top of my jumper at the moment and my three pairs Classic. of socks on. So uh, I won't start peeling layers off during the course of the uh, the podcast. But uh, blooming freezing, wasn't it? It was absolutely freezing. It was. It's the coldest game of the year so far, I think. But I've had colder. I've been to all the games I've come, about, come away and thought, oh, now I'm proper cold. Hard, man, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm chilled to the bone. I was going to ask you, actually, and I was going to say this till the end because we've got some serious things to speak about. Have you got any tips for like combating the cold? Obviously, you're, you're a seasoned veteran now of, the, of the, uh, the, the evening kickoff. Is there anything you do? Have you actually got three pairs of socks on or was that tongue-in-cheek? Well, I've I've seen I've seen Gary Neville all over my Instagram with his kind of electric gilet that he's he, he kind of Ooh. switches it on, and okay. I'd like one of them if the makers out there you know want to want to uh, send a sponsor the podcast. Send a few blue podcast. It's just layers, isn't he? You know, this is how old I am. My, my dad was having a chat with me about long johns uh, on the right. on the way back from the, the the ground to the car, but three pairs of socks. Um, T-shirt, jumper, hoodie, decent-sized coat, had to cover my bald head. Gloves. We had one pair of gloves between me and my son, so we shared them. Um, not, not one hand each. I had them for 10 <laughs> minutes. He had them for 10 minutes. But, um, yeah, anyway, let's, let's, we're only here for 15 minutes, aren't we? Let, let's crack on. Well, yes, I really shouldn't be doing these late-night podcasts. So I am literally going to set a 15-minute timer on my phone, which you can see here. When this when this timer goes off, that is the end of the episode because it's it's late, all right? It'll be almost midnight when that goes off. Um, very weird game tonight, I thought. I think we're going to probably split this into this, well, there's two angles to come at this from, the football element and the things that happened off the pitch. But I think they both kind of entwine together in, in a strange yeah. way. Um what did you make of the whole evening overall before we get into specifics? It was a bit strange because the first that I got wind of anything kind of untoward, we come in down Witten Road, which I don't know whether people there's an there's an entry to Villa Park, a narrow little entry that brings you down the side of the club shop. Mm. And yeah, nowhere yeah, yeah. spoken you know, Burger Standies. So we we come to Villa Park that way. So we okay. don't touch the island down by by Tesco, if you like, we don't come in that way, which was obviously where the bother was concentrated. Mm. You know, the in the away end and, and the kind of coach park and stuff like that. But there were loads of people. There's normally just kind of a couple of us trundling through, and there were absolutely scores of you know hundreds of people. Genuinely, genuinely, hundreds of people, Villa fans who'd have been pointed in that direction. We're like, well, what, what's going on here? And then <laughs> this is really strange. The thing that really made me realise that something weird was happening was when we got in to buy the the club shop and buy Smoky Joe's. There was that, you know, the the scarf sellers who were normally supposed to mm. be on the pavements. Yeah. Well, what's he doing? What's he? You know, surely he's going to be marched to the premises soon. But it, later, the penny dropped that. He probably wouldn't have been that safe trying to flog his wares yeah. outside um, the the back of the the back of the away end. Uh, so yeah, and then I got into the stadium. I got into the stadium. No, no bother whatsoever. Got in. Got into the stadium. Lucky for you. Where were the away fans? Where are they? Mm. You know, are they? Are they? Are they been put in a different part of the ground? Or what? It looks empty over there. And then obviously checked. Check my phone, check kind of, you know, a couple of messages from you and John on our WhatsApp group. Saw some of the videos on social media and I thought, blimey. Yeah, you know, I, I didn't yeah. think, as much as I've yearned for us to be back into Europe, I didn't, 
I thought we'd seen the back of days like that. I didn't didn't think mm. those kind of things existed anymore, but that's me being naive, obviously. We come down the Trinity Road end. We park, I'm not going to give away the location because it's a, a precious location. We park somewhere up that way and we walk all the way down Trinity Road and we're in the Trinity Sand, of course. And as we were walking down, there was a police escort with two coachfuls of fans driving away from Villa Park. And we thought, oh, that's that's interesting that must be the away fans but we didn't get to villa park or the surrounding area till about half seven so it's like, oh, that's weird for them to be only just pulling up now unless they're going to go all the way around uh, weird we get to the uh turnstile and we queued for ages we didn't get into the stadium until about five to eight ten to eight maybe it took us absolutely ages to get through which is, is another matter of the paper tickets or the phone tickets seems to be a problem on, on these european nights that we've not quite worked it out yet as, as a club specifically for our end as well there's a like an accessibility entrance and then blocks a b c and d or whatever and we always go in the a abc bits obviously very so often at premier league games when it's busy they'll say oh just come down the accessibility bit like let's keep it moving Tonight, there was big, massive queues for all of them. Now we're going, oh, you can only go in the accessibility bit if you've got an accessibility ticket. And people start kicking off, like, kickoffs in 10 minutes. Like, just sort of separate us all about, and the stewards are all getting involved, and people are a bit tetchy. So that was, a sort of, from a Villa perspective, those people are annoyed before we even got in. And then all of the stuff, obviously, with the away fans had happened around the other end from where we were. And because we'd seen this coach, like, pull off the other way, we kind of thought, oh, maybe they're holding them back for five minutes or something and they'll all let them come in together so there can be some kind of separation and when they didn't they weren't there at kickoff it's like okay that's that's a very unusual come all this way and they've missed kickoff that ain't gonna, that ain't gonna please all them fans is it or uh, kind of appease them a little bit and then i wondered because i'd not seen any of the social media stuff until much later because i couldn't get anything on my phone i thought maybe like they're doing like a protest or something they'll all come in on the t- minute as a we you know we don't agree with the ticket prices or something and as it went on and on i finally got some service on my phone about 20 minutes in i saw it all and just horrible scenes that you don't want to see obviously it goes without saying you know as, as much as we'll talk about the the football tonight in the remaining 10 minutes of the show um you know the, the real win i suppose tonight is that everyone hopefully i've not seen anything at least has got home safely this evening all the police officers involved have got home and done their jobs with, without too much um scarring I guess of a, a pretty grim situation I think there was two or three injured with missiles thrown or whatever it is or bits of trees being thrown and all sorts of grim things that we don't want to see at the football and you just wonder what is the point of all that you know you, you get the odd group of people who go to the football because they want to scrap don't they they want to have a, a bit of an argy-bargy and, and have a moan and that kind of thing and that's it is what it is but to come to an away game and spend all that money to get over here buy your match tickets and I know a lot of them turn up without tickets just get all that way and cause a load of trouble you don't even get in the ground what well, can you imagine Dan the must listen I don't I didn't encounter wasn't near that side of the ground at all but there must have been amongst that kind of contingent of of, of Legia fans a lot of well-behaved fans yeah, yeah, you know yeah. maybe, maybe football, father yeah. and sons father and daughters mother and sons whatever yeah, yeah. That's that's bad, isn't it? You know, and I'm sure there weren't, you know, two and a half thousand, three thousand from all causing aggro. There would have been a minority, I should imagine, of, of causing aggro. And it's just it just spoils it, doesn't it? And you know, we own we're on we're on the clock tonight. So I think we can probably as more more details come out about this in the in the coming days, we can probably try and get a sense of of, of what's gone on. I think there's gonna be yeah. a little bit of passing the blame from from places at the moment, but you know, it's 10, 10 to midnight, so 
let's talk about the football, but I do think you're right that he did influence the football. I almost yeah. felt that the players on the pitch, probably us, probably our team rather than the away team, seemed a bit distracted. Um, it was weird, yeah. It was really weird in there, I thought. Like, it, part of the atmosphere, and we've talked a lot about the atmosphere at Villa Park and how whether the players have got to get us up for it or whether we get them up for it. But a large part of the atmosphere is digging out the away fans and then giving a bit back and you giving them a bit back and you don't have that. Though it was brilliant, the empty seats, my lord, and that kind of stuff to literally empty seats and all that kind of yeah. stuff was very good for us. But then it's like, there's no retort to that because there's literally no one there. So it all kind of dies yeah. down a little bit. And it did have an impact. It was just a really, a really strange atmosphere. And we'll talk a little bit in a second. So I am keen to get onto actual football matters of some Legia fans in the home end as well, which is a whole different thing. Um, but let's talk about the football very quickly. I say quickly. Me and John are going to do another episode today, as most of you will be watching this. We'll do one on Friday uh, as we look ahead to Bournemouth, but we'll talk about the Ledger game as well in a bit more detail. There's, there's club statements from both sides that are too long to read tonight. I don't want to bore people to tears. Um, the actual football itself, the key takeaway for me at least is Moreno coming back and scoring a goal. Uh, lovely yeah. to see his little face so smiley again. He's the kind of poster boy of our, our thumbnail for this video. Although I didn't see the goal live because we had bits of trouble in our, in our end and those people stood up around me and I didn't see it actually go in and they didn't show a replay because it had a VAR check I think so I've, I've only ever seen it on a replay on my phone which it, is, was, um, it was a great goal there's a bit of aggro down the end north stand where north stand and um, Trinity meets as well by the kind of corner flag whatever we used to be the corner flag restaurant um, but yeah the the goal it, it was quite, quite kind of quite fitting I think that he scored the winner because I thought I thought he was class um, I thought the way he managed to to adjust his body to to score the, the the winning goal was class, and obviously the fact that we're through to the next stage was the the in terms of football the headline news. But I actually think the fact that we saw Moreno back, we saw Jacob Ramsey back. To yeah. me, although Emery's produced a, cl a close to a masterclass. You know, it's not been without its wrinkles, but getting us through this stage of, of the competition with his using his, utilising his squad to do so. Now we've got two players back who make that, make, make the first team stronger, in my opinion. Yeah. Make yeah. The stronger as well. So those were the main, main things for me, you know, top of the group, won the match. Um, and we've got we've got Moreno and Jacob Ramsey to um, to join our march on however many fronts we're going on at the moment. Yeah, it almost feels slightly disappointing in a weird way because there was a lot of talk pre-game about how it was like this must to have a two-goal advantage to top the group and have it finished tonight. And obviously that's not been the case. We had the crowd trouble as well. So you kind of come away and we had the radio on. It's just been a weird night overall. And it's like, well, you've won the game. Like You've won another game at Villa Park. You've won four or five European games on the spin. Like, that's really good, but because everything's come with it and we didn't win as well as we could have done to secure the uh, the top spot tonight, it just feels a little bit weird that we're now going to that Mostar game with still something on it rather than being able to rest them. But the overall narrative is Villa will be in the last 16 to some degree, either in the playoff thing if they finish second or they'll top the group in a couple of weeks' time, which I think they probably will. I'll just be, I was just thinking, drive, driving back, just thinking about Unai Emery and how magic he is really and just thinking how have we survived for nearly what is it nearly 150 years as a club without Unai Emery you know <laughs> how do you how do we function before him 
you know, I know it wasn't the, the glorious victory tonight, but if you think what he's done, what he's doing in the in the Premier League, what he's done to get us to this stage through Europe without too many troubles. You know, we, we lost the first mm. game in Warsaw that's made it harder than it needed to be. But he's been able to do that, juggle his squad and and get us here. I still I still can't believe it. I still can't believe the the upgrade from 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 Steven Gerrard to Unai Emery. It's like, I don't know, going from a squat to a palace, isn't it? And I have to pinch myself sometimes at how brilliant he is. And I don't get too carried away because that tonight wasn't the glorious night that mm. fills you with kind of eulogies about about how brilliant he is. But I think we need to just stop and remember the context of this. But I think we're still going to go and top that group. I think you know, yeah, I think I we'll, do, we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll go and get the results and. You know, we've, we've look at the next two home matches that we've got in the next week and a half. I'm really dead excited about it. Even if we don't take a single point out of it, I know we're gonna we're gonna produce strong performances and we we're gonna be competitive against them. And you know, I'm 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 the Claret and Blues kind of biggest biggest cynic, aren't I? But if I'm buzzing about it, I think we're on the verge of something really special now, aren't we? Yeah. If you're buzzing about it, thinking we might not take a point, imagine what me and John will be saying next week. We'll be back just to, to beat them both, won't we? <laughs> I probably will, to be honest. Uh, I've already said we'll beat Arsenal, so I've, I've already gone 50% of the way. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a, a, a nice night at Villa Park in some some aspects. Moreno back, Ramsey back, and we've won the game, but still just a lot of, a lot of weirdness about it. And I think as I said, me and John are recording later on Friday and we'll talk about more football matters in that. Um, individuals, obviously Martinez didn't play, but was on the bench, which was slightly strange. If he's got a knock, you kind of think we'll just rest him entirely and even put him through the, the paces of a warm-up and being involved, just just get rid of him entirely. Only Watkins didn't didn't feature at all in the match day squad and that raised a few eyebrows of, you know, what the hell, where is he, what's happened? I think Emery said that he got a knock in training and they just didn't want to risk him, I think is what I've seen. Um, but it was like with rumours on Twitter of a season-ending injury and all these kind of things that always come out. It's like, oh, well, he said he was fit. Everyone was fit yesterday. Where is he? What's happening? Like, he's like, oh, I could be in terrible trouble without Ollie Watkins. It's like, okay, just let's calm down for a second, all right? Uh, a lot of um, pretty much buzz about how Robin Olsen's in goal. Gosh, here we go. We've lost tonight. And we haven't, have we? And he played pretty well, I thought, also oh, in what really he had to do. Good. Probably could have yeah. had a couple of assists. To be honest, the one, the one for Bailey is the other probably quick talking point. We'll do the one that could have won the game and top the group. A great ball over from Olsen, a brilliant touch from from Bailey, and the confidence. I actually thought he looked confident throughout his his appearance. To be fair, a couple of, of moments I thought that's a confident player there, Leon Bailey. I think he pinged a ball and he from the the corner flag out to the halfway line on, on the other side. It's like, oh, yeah, looks looks pretty confident. Um, but to take the ball oh, down the way he cross, did when he crossed across his own box, that one. Yeah, yeah, towards the end. Yeah, he's just like, oh, cocky little player now. But the, that his ball... First touch was magnificent, by the on a couple of catches. You know, yeah. His 18th touch sometimes lets him down. But his first <laughs> touch was, you know, the fellow next to me said, I've not seen somebody kind of caress a ball out of the sky since mm. Grealish, really, for Villa. Olsen's uh, yeah. distribution was good. I think Kamara obviously had a couple of, you know, issues first half, including including the goal. Blimey, we were up against the clock. Um but I think he grew. He grew like Villa did. The second half, I don't, the, the read didn't really get in our half, did they? Very yeah. often. So, and again, it's Unai Emery's Aston Villa. We find a way to win invariably more often than not. Um, yeah, I'm in. I'm in a good place. And I've, my dad's given me a tin of soup, so I'm going to have a tin of soup when I uh, when I get back and dip. Well, when I'm done with this, dip some bread in it and um, oh, might have rum and coke. Hang on a minute. Whoa, 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 hang on a minute. First of all, what soup? It's important. 
I would lost the cost of the clock. We've got um, <laughs> one minute left, and there's still one more thing I want to say. So we're going to go over it's chicken soup. I'm going to dip a pita bread in it, and I'm probably going to have a rum and coke as well with crack and rum if I've got any coke. My second question is now. You're going to do that now at midnight on Thursday? Yeah, I just really? think it's because it's the coldness. I just feel like I, I need that kind of warm embrace of a bowl of soup. Mm, Don't judge okay. me, Dan. It's too late. No, it's slightly weird. I'll see what people think of this in the comments tomorrow. We've got 30 seconds left. There's one final thing I wanted to mention. It is on, on the crowd stuff, but it, it's a probably a bit, slightly heartwarming tale in the end, let's say. There's a comment earlier that made me laugh. Um, it was from ADB on uh, YouTube who said, first time not feeling 100% safe at Villa Park. Couldn't concentrate first half as I was concerned how to get out the ground safely, etc. Which, to be fair, I kind of agree with. That was on my mind of, I hope everyone's all right this evening and we don't get beat up or whatever, or worse. I happened to look over and saw Mr. Kendrick yawning and thought, we'll be fine. <laughs> well, great timing. The time is going off there in the background. Um, but yeah, we had opposition fans sat round by us. I mean, lower Trinity, so it's hardly this yeah, um, bowl of energy of people shouting and whatnot. But the one guy stood up when they scored and it was a bit like, ooh, there's one here, everyone. Like, there he is. He's in our, he's in our end. Stewards didn't care. They didn't do anything about it. And uh, they disappeared for a bit and came back in the second half. And they came back probably like 50-odd minutes, 55 minutes. It was just before Moreno scored. And a couple of people started to have a bit of a word of like, who are you? Why are you here? And they were clearly Polish. They were speaking English, but like with a you know, Eastern European accent or whatever. They were in half and half scarves, and they kept saying, "No, we're Villa fans, Villa fans." They're going, "Matty Gash, Matty Gash," like that. And it's like, "Oh, you're not Villa fans, but like you've kind of played on the Poland thing there." And then um, someone had a, got up and had a bit of a go, and uh, they were trying to get out of their row and move further down or whatever. And as I was trying to like look round them. Moreno scored, so that's why I missed it. And um, there was a guy near me that was like proper celebrating in their face. He's like, yeah, come on, Alex Moreno, forget about Matty Gash, it's Moreno and all this. And I was like, mate, you're a braver man than I have. Like, I'm just sitting there thinking I'm just going to stay out of this. Like, I don't want to get beaten up on a Thursday evening. So not nice to see any of the bad stuff outside the ground, obviously massively out of order. The club will be punished in, in some degree, you'd expect. Um, but yeah, there's a few... Uh, opposition fans dotted around as well, but thankfully ours didn't end in a, anything too serious rather than two big bald blokes taking the piss out of each other a little bit, which is is okay, isn't it, I think? I'm um, I'm glad that me yawning can be a source of comfort <laughs> and reassurance for somebody. <laughs> the world's still fine, the old man's still <laughs> yawning. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> speaking of yawning... Yes, the time has gone off. It's one minute to midnight, um, so we'll call it a day there. We've done almost 20 minutes. Matt, thanks for joining me and jumping on at, at this hour. As I said, me and John will do something on Friday, probably in, towards the afternoon, where we'll look ahead to, um, to Bournemouth and we'll, we'll chat a bit more about the, the football side of, of things, of the Ledger Warsaw game. Thanks to the 330 people for tuning in at this time. You are all heroes, and for those of you catching up afterwards, uh, let us know your thoughts on tonight's game in the comments down below as well. We, we appreciate your support, as always. Time for bed, I think. Um, time for some soup for you, bizarrely. Uh, we'll see you all soon on the Clark Blue Podcast. Stay subscribed, leave a comment down below with your thoughts, and uh, yeah, we'll see you tomorrow. Cheers, everyone. Chicken soup. 